you're talking about. So healthcare program management, hospitals in the Southeast. On the Lean Construction Institute virtual summit, a professional from the Southeast, and they said they were surprised at how lean is not more pervasive in the Southeast. Does that surprise you that somebody from the Southeast would say that? No, I mean, uh, just a little bit of history. I, I got introduced heavily into lean in Akron, Ohio. And I thought that that was an interesting place to get my immersion <laughs> into lean uh, with Akron Children's. But but to their credit, um, you know, you don't have as many people that feel comfortable with the lean tools or the lean processes beyond maybe some of the construction teams. And so you don't have as many owners specifically maybe looking at that as a course of entry into decision-making and, and projects. And so, you know, you just don't have as much of uh, uh, an educational function maybe um, that's immersive as you get into places like California or just into maybe bigger markets, have other other uh, offices that are able to play off of things that they're learning holistically from uh, company culture and then get clients to start to get more comfortable with uh, taking some of that lean world into their operations too. So, you know, that that's the other thing I think that's probably true depending on who the professional was. Uh, there's lean operations that have been playing out inside of hospital facilities and certain clients like Akron children said, Hey, let's, let's take it all the way to the construction project. But you know, it's, there's a a small gap between the clinical lean operations and then what, you know, your teams are doing out in the field now uh, working through like lean processes in, in construction and just trying to gap, gap it towards the program management group, gap it towards the, the leadership of a hospital and kind of get everybody on board. Um, it just it seems to be maybe harder to swing and hit on that consistently in the Southeast. Welcome to the EBFC show, the easier, better for construction podcast. I'm your host, Felipe Engineer Manriquez. This show is all about the business of construction. Today's episode is sponsored by Bosch Refine My Site is a cloud-based construction collaboration platform that applies lean principles to enable your entire team to plan, communicate, and execute in real time. It's the digital tool that works in tandem with your last planner system process and puts it all together in one simple collaborative ecosystem system. This easy-to-use platform is available in English, German, Spanish, Portuguese, and French and can be used on desktops, tablets, and mobile devices. According to Spencer Easton, Scheduling Manager at Oakland Construction, Refine My Site, in my opinion, is the best, leanest tool on the market for the last planet. Here's what our users have to say. We've looked at three other digital scheduling platforms and none compare to the straightforward approach RefineMySite takes. From milestone planning all the way down to daily tasks, this program gives every general contractor and their trade partners meaningful collaboration, accountability, and KPIs. Register today to try Refine My Site for free for 60 days. Today's episode is sponsored by Construction Accelerator. The design and construction industries come up with and build great things, but we also build and waste in how we do those things, in our interactions, in our contracts, in our logistics. So what does this do for our bottom line or our next project? The best firms maximize their value by removing that waste and only doing what's essential to the work, what makes them money. Construction Accelerator will train you to see the waste and give your teams the lean tools and experience to remove it immediately. All online, 
Construction Accelerator is made up of three to nine minute videos that can be watched again and again in the field, at the office, and at home, all broken down by topic. Need to learn pool planning? We have videos on the process, how to set up a room, and how to kick off a team. Need to set up a target value delivery project? We discuss all the aspects of TVD, especially cost. Or maybe you just need to brush up on 5S. Well, we have videos on that as well. You can download and print reference materials to use on site to immediately translate watching into doing. Subscribe today at tricanow.com. Let's build an industry, not just a project. Today's show is also sponsored by the Lean Construction Institute. LCI is working to lead the building industry and transforming its practices and culture. Its vision is to create a healthy and thriving industry that delivers outstanding project outcomes every time for everyone. Check the show notes for more information. Now, to the show. Welcome to the show, Stephen Powell. Stephen, you and I have been on our lean journey for almost the same amount of time. It's hard to tell who got started first. I could take I could take my roots back. We could pull out our, our lean wallets and see, like... <laughs> You know, who's got the edge, but I think it's pretty much safe to say it's a tie. Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. The one big difference is I'm, I'm on the, I've been on the general contractor side for the vast majority of my career. And you've been on the project manager, owner side, developer, super duper focused in healthcare your entire career. Is that right? Well, that's true. Yeah. So that's, that's the big difference in our lean journeys. I've, I've done it from the owner's side and working with, with folks like yourself on the construction or the uh, architecture side. But uh, yeah, super duper healthcare program management guy. And I think we were talking to at the beginning about, I even heard from a nurse turned uh, architect designer. They've been on a lean journey for over a decade. And she was surprised when she got into the construction side that nobody knew any of these same things that they've been right. using in nursing for over 10 years. And, it, and she was shocked. Yeah, well, the hard part is you think about certain things, you know, the Kanban systems or just the way that, it, I know in, in the world of scrum and tack planning and things like that, that operationally, they're doing a lot of the things uh, inside the hospital. But, you know, unless you get a contractor that's confident in it, it doesn't always come down to the fact that we start pushing it. And even from a design perspective, you know, getting designers that are comfortable with it and, uh, I think it's actually fair to say it, it's getting better everywhere. Um, the, you know, it's an educational factor. You have to have really w done a project that used lean tools and you validated that they were valuable to a, uh, an outcome. Um, and there's more people, you know, I was 10 years younger when I did Akron. And so I got to see something happen and saw it work well and saw the value of it that I now carried that mentality 10 years into my career and there's more people along the way in those 10 years that have gotten similar experiences and we did a pool plan um in pensacola this past week and afterwards i was talking to a couple of guys like how did you schedule before this like <laughs> how do you not how do you not take into consideration when the hospital needs to open or when the you know a behavioral health um, facility needs to open uh and really looked at it with the end in mind and really understanding key milestones and, and working out in the backwards behavior, uh, things that become, you know, roadblocks that you can overcome because you're starting to talk about them in a pattern of this could be something in six months from now that if we don't start to think about how we would have 
swim lane across in this, we would get to a point where me as a designer can't give you something as a contractor and we, we've hit an impasse that slows up, you know, a process or a construction. That is true. And what and the answer for that is, well, we just guess. I mean, even if they don't tell you out loud, Stephen, I know the answer. The answer yeah. is we just <laughs> guess. We put it in a P6 schedule, a critical path method schedule. Yeah. I want to just call out Oracle left and right all day long. <laughs> There's also Microsoft Project. And there's, right. a, there's also, well, there's some other we use ones. smart sheet now. Yeah. We use smart sheet for a lot of things now, but yeah. it's like at, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you, you can go and put your logic, Air logic can do a lot of things, but when it comes to literally having the conversation with the right people in the room and trying to figure out, you know, the key milestones and then carrying it down into a, a, a tactic, a tactical plan. Um, yeah. You can't do that as easily without uh, sometimes the sticky notes. You can use definitely the, the virtual sides, but it's pretty crazy how much more efficient it does get if you are able to get the right people in the room and really put it up on a board and grease it out. It is amazing. You know, how this happens in different areas and where we get our entries in. And you had a shocking entry in, and I had a very weird entry in to lean. I think it just goes to show that there's no, like, right way to get in. Just get in, people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I, I laugh because when we were talking, you know, Akron, Ohio was not the place that I thought my lean journey would begin. But lo and behold, you have a, a hospital and a owner that believes operations from inside their hospital need to go out into the construction world. And they look to an owner's rep to say, we want you to help implement that. So getting a chance to live in, in the great state of Ohio, great state. Uh, and, and work with some great teams there. I got uh, immersed in a lean IPD project and since then have been kind of hooked on this is the way we should look to do business whenever we can. Ah, this is the way. <laughs> That's the, I got to get that in. <laughs> I was on a show the other day and, and uh, my guest was challenging me to say that this is Scrum like over and over again. So I don't want to do that in two shows, <laughs> but I will Mandalorian quote out all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell us your background into how did you get so hooked into healthcare construction? If you could start there, or you could start with like yeah. after you were born, it's up to you. Oh, after I was born, yeah. Well, no, it's a it's an interesting world. I uh, I grew up in Alabama, uh, went to Auburn War Eagle, uh, beat the Aggies this weekend. <laughs> there you go. Um, when, <laughs> when I uh, went to college, I thought I wanted to be in healthcare, so maybe more on the world of uh, a pharmacist or in in, in the. The, the medical world. And uh, about uh, two years in, I decided that I thought that I probably did not want to do that. Organic chemistry kind of weeded me out. Oh, um, so you didn't like, ooh, was yeah, it the, it was, was it just memorizing all the molecules or making models? Yeah, it, it was, it was getting into the world of, uh, if this is the entry level drug, this is not the drugs <laughs> I'm going to take. Um, but, but I luckily was uh, uh, given a little bit of a, a nudge and a, and a wink to say, you know, if you really want to get into the world of, of healthcare, and I, I did have um, a brother who had been sick as a, as a, a child. So there was a little bit of a world of, of, of wanting to give back in that healthcare community in some way. Uh, so that's what had driven me a little bit more into uh, the, the medical side. Uh, but I had an opportunity to go do um, construction management and was kind of said, hey, you know, there's a lot of hospitals getting built and there's a lot of, of opportunity in the world to work for general contractors or owner's reps that would uh, be building hospitals. And, you know, if that's a passion of yours, you know, seek them out. There's a lot of great uh, firms that do uh, hospital construction. And so when I um, did my thesis, I did it on a hospital, uh, thought I was going to go into the world of construction 
and and working on hospitals and um funny story is i, I graduated from college in 2008 in the little bit of a great recession of its own um and had two opportunities to work for general contractors a, a couple projects but specifically i also got an opportunity to work for an owner's rep out of school so i didn't actually go into the construction industry from a contractor's perspective out of college even though i had the degree I ended up taking the role with the owner's rep um, in Alabama and ended up working with both of the general contractors that I also was looking to work with. So <laughs> I was going to, I was going to, I was going to work on the, at that point, one of the largest uh, hospital projects being built in the state of Alabama. So I was going to figure out a way into it. And I, I, I determined that uh, my wife is a physical therapist and graduated in uh, Birmingham, uh, getting a hospital project in Birmingham and being able to marry her and stay there and not have to travel in the first part of my uh, married and career was a, a huge perk. And so uh, that project was, um, uh, we'll call it IPD light is not the right term to use all the time, but there was some, some scenarios in it around shared saving collaboration that were good. We did not really get into the world of pool planning or last planner or a lot of the, the realm of what I learned after that project that um, seems to have kind of taken my mind by storm after that. So I, I, I lived in Birmingham, worked on children's hospital and uh, a little bit into that time, we had an opportunity to, to win a, a job in Akron, Ohio. And so um, I had the opportunity when the project was finished to move and um, relocate to Akron, Ohio, work on a project called Akron children's um, with some great firms. And I'll never forget when I was uh, starting to learn about the project, and, tar and target value design, we, we had a, a gap to target. Nice. And I was like, wait, wait, what? I'm going to move, I'm going to move to a new, to a new state out of, out of my, my, my comfortable home for a product that still had some ways to go from target value design and getting to the, to the actual target. And I'll never forget the person that was the, the senior leader there. And, and this is maybe it's just willing and trustful. But he, he said, you got a good team and they're working together and this process works. Just trust the process. As a, a younger uh, program manager, I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to trust but verify the process. <laughs> uh, and so uh, I, I got a chance to move to Akron and um, you know got to work with some really good t folks from Akron Children's, uh, from the design community and uh, from the construction community and really got immersed in big room culture, the, the collaboration techniques of a three thinking of choosing by advantages of project leadership structure and governance that does drive decision making that really just made it very easy in the world of an owner's rep to say we know when risks are happening we have ways to mitigate them and in a lot of ways we're all creating a culture of continuous improvement and change that you know schedule could be improved if we all work together costs can be improved if we all work together and scope can be maximized if we all work together. And so, you know, that project in, in my belief and from talking to other folks, it, it did all those things and it did it well. And there was always ups and downs in any project, but you know, you look back on something that's going on 10 years and I still have good friends in the, in the professional community from that. And there's still a lot of things that I know they're using that they play off from learning from that. I, I use play off from learning from that. Um, and they're, we're all in a situation where it was a good immersion into um, 
lean project management and IPD culture. Um, and so since then, I've kind of went more on my lean journey with the idea of helping clients if they couldn't take on IPD structure, where, where, where do we go about uh, influence as much as we can from um, the lean IPD or in, in your world, scrum world, um, That's right. things that, that, that make this all, all better for everyone. And so uh, did a little bit of coaching in Oregon uh, before I moved to Dallas. And then I had, you know, the opportunity to move to Dallas uh, and work with another children's hospital. So I have my, my first part of my career was very children's pediatric centric and it was awesome. And I'm not going to ever say that it wasn't like pediatric facility and uh, in, in hospital construction is a, is a jewel. Uh, but I, I actually, I showed up a little bit too late for this, but I, it was definitely the, the way they selected the team on the project in, te in Texas when I first moved here was pretty awesome to go and do basically a Lego building construction where they created an ownership structure in the room for the interview. And you had a budget here. You had a material list. You had to make decisions. There was design changes. Uh, I mean, that was, that was, Everything about like the, the mock-up of this is why we're going to pick you is how do you interact and how do you, the, the, the human side of project management. So when I heard all that, I was like, oh, well, I'll, I'll work on that project. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and we, we were able to do um, a lot of, a lot of things set up from a governance perspective, pool planning, and, you know, in a lot of ways, target value design and, and the best we could without certain incentive structures and, it was just funny because you, I learned there, I was like it, creating some of the continuous improvement culture and looking at different ways to do things in a better way, uh, lean ways, you know, efficient ways. That was my first entry level into scrum. Nice. So they had a scrum board uh, and, and it caught me cause I was like, Oh, why don't we do this all the time? Like why, <laughs> why, why, why is, why is, why is owners reps? Do we not simplify our world and go, what all do we have to do this week, guys? Yeah. Okay, who's going to do it? All right, you take it. You go do it. And when you're done, put it over here. Let's all, like, let's <laughs> let's organize our week. Um, and so I was like, this is, this is, this is, this is the way you want And, and so, you know, it, it, it is tricky because there's a point in time where as an owner's rep, you may not be having the same level widget structure because you're not building something. But there's still a point in time where each week has the key things that need to get accomplished. And each week you have the ability to level load how things get accomplished if you're organized around it. So uh, I've done a long way around, but I've, I've spent uh, the last uh, six or seven years in Texas working with healthcare clients um, in Dallas and along the lower coast, uh, had some challenges, different places, trying to figure out how to overcome uh, situations in, in management. And in the last um a couple weeks have uh taken on a role um as a vp of program management for meadows and Oli, um working on large healthcare projects in the southeast spending a, a lot of my time um kind of helping ramp up some of those projects currently and we'll be looking to uh really it's been interesting having this podcast is really be able to in a smaller company uh work to say what's the best process what's the best practices what what do we want to do and how does Metazinoli's program management uh, solutions really look like in 2022, in five years? And how do we become, you know, the, the best program management company that we can become? Uh, and so things like 
scrum and, and being on projects where you get to work with uh, other general contractors and architects that understand um, we all need to do things better and we need to be looking at ways to do things through the lean lens. Uh, you just keep balancing it and balancing it. So it's, it's, it's a great world that we're starting to, I think, see not just in California. It's, it's not always going to be as easy to find the client in Birmingham, Alabama, or in LaGrange, Georgia, uh, that, that really, you know, can buy into, you know, what, what, what they want to press on that, like Akron Children's did. But it, it's definitely um, something that's pretty exciting when you do start to say, okay, if you like me and I like you, can I tell you about Lean? Can I tell you about the world that's out there and how we can construct things better, easier, better for construction? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Stephen. Okay. For, for, I got to just, I got to just pause you right there because I'm about to explode. So all the people listening to the show so far, if you're watching this on YouTube, you would see that I've been elevating in my chair. The more Stephen talked, the less I was connected to the earth. I just started floating up. There's so many cool things that, that you said just in your intro and how you got started. And I, I definitely want to come back and unpack some of those. But, like, bonus to you, Stephen, for for blending in the show name. Easier, better for construction. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's just exciting right there. You did it so perfectly. And I think, you know, also in your in the early part, this is to what a testament to you wanted to give back. And, and right from day one, because of experiences with your brother, you had a chance to really have an impact for so many children in, in hospitals. And I've had, I've had the chance to work in hospital construction as well. That's actually most of my career has been hospital construction. And, and then, you know, other types of construction later, but it is, I mean, there is like nothing like it to be part of something that's going to impact the health of people and especially the youngest and most vulnerable of our population, which are children. So amazing. And my goodness, you are spoiled. You got to actually stay in Birmingham after you got married. It was, it, it was one where you're like, Oh man, this is, this is the way to do it. Way to do it. Yeah. And then now you travel. Like, I think when I met you this summer, you, you traveled, we were like comparing frequent flyer you yeah. know, situations. And I, I think we're both at the point where, if we want to go have dinner in the city in the United States, we've got the points to make it happen and, and have oh, yeah. a. <laughs> well, the crazy part, I think Felipe, we did definitely talk about the show when it was. I was on a layover in Dallas. I live in Dallas, but I met you for dinner on a layover in and out of Dallas. <laughs> and it wasn't. It wasn't over a day. It was. It was about five hours. So yeah. it was a. It was. It was a good dinner, but it was. It's just yeah. I do travel a lot more since the Birmingham days. Uh, so it, it's, she's a saint. That's why I wanted to marry her. She's a saint. So. Perfect. Perfect. Shout out to Mrs. Powell, who is a saint. For sure. Yeah. She For deserves sure. credit. I know my wife absolutely takes care of me and allows me to do all the cool stuff that I do with amazing support. We can never say enough for no. what it, what it's worth. It's priceless to have that type of support in your family. And, you know, I want to come back to uh, target value design and I like the, for those that don't know the difference, because people just shout out TVD. We'll say a lot of acronyms, but we'll unpack, we'll try to unpack those. The difference between design and delivery is that delivery includes my favorite part, construction. But we, and it's the, it's one of the smallest parts, as we know. Like, no. <laughs> what kind of runway, like on that job you mentioned, you know, yeah. job of the size where there's a Lego competition just to vet the team out. 
How long was that job in planning, uh, business validation before a shovel hit the ground? You know, it's pretty interesting. I, I think that from an owner's side, we typically are having six to almost a year and just trying to capitalize understanding of what the product's going to be. That project, and, and I think, you know, Akron was the same way. Um, there's the what you think you want, and then there's the let's get the right team to go get exactly what we want. I think that has kind of been the nice part of, of, of a few projects that have the delivery mindset that you're going to bring on the contractor early, um, and you're going to go about trying to, to validate. You know, programmatically, you have a good idea of what you want, and you have an idea of what you want to spend, and you probably have an idea of how long you want it to take, but we can want all those things but you know you can't amazon everything and make that work <laughs> you have right. to you have to get the right you have to pick the right team and you have to be able to then go validate it but it is it is interesting um the i guess the, the terminology that a, a mentor had told me before you know a, a lot of what we want to do when we get the chance is go slow to go fast so really validate can you know confirm the scope is right confirm the 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 team is right you know confirm along that that pattern how the design should flow to get the right uh information first and not have a lot of open-ended discussion later on that that creates uh changes in design um and when you can do that in a delivery model that has target value around what the component should look like uh, it, it just, it can work well together because you're not getting to something that is designed and you don't have the ability to influence that design along the way. It, it's definitely been more challenging in the last 18 months with just what the supply chain and, and escalation of construction products and services have been. But um, beyond that, uh, there's a lot more things that are controllable in that pattern of target value design and delivery, uh, which is it's a it's another one of those where if you have every chance possible to do it that way, we want to try to do it that way, knowing that the outcomes are are proven to be much more desirable. That's right. Like you said before, the owners have the opportunity to maximize their value with actual less dollar spend. Now, the, the effort, I would argue that the effort to do TVD is the same, except you spend the effort in different places. There's right. more effort up front, and then the, you just have a smooth transition through design, smoother construction with less issues, less firefighting, and a super smooth people take occupancy and start utilizing the building. And healthcare construction, start treating patients. But I think what I wanted to touch back on is you know, some of the owners that use these types of process, the serial healthcare builders, and most hospitals are serial builders building every year, either tenant improvement space, you know, upgrading surgery suites, or in the case when COVID happened, having to use more ICU space to isolate patients. The time up front is years. So, I mean, I was thinking of a job that's three stories tall uh, it's a medical surgery space with some patient rooms and the, the runway before the before a general contractor again hired or have a chance yeah. was five years. There's five years of planning. Hey, real quick. Construction is one of the only industries that's become less productive over the past six decades. 60% of construction job cost is labor. 
80% of construction projects are over budget. 60% aren't on time. Struxy replaces paper time sheets and manual data entry with easy to use software. How much are inefficient job sites costing you? One of our customers estimates they'll save millions per year with Struxy. Read the case study at our website, Struxy.com. That's S-T-R-U-X-I.com. Software for hard work. You can also visit us at World of Concrete in Las Vegas come January. Because of financing and just approvals and then programming with an architect and then later possibly changing architects and then doing schematic design and then engaging documents that you can put out on the street and then get competitive bids. It's like five to six years before two years of construction. Right. So like, yeah, no offense to no offense to the services of master planning, but there's money that's paid a lot in hospital design towards things that could be. And yeah, you're right. It's like, we're going to build a tower here in the next five to 10 years. And as it gets closer, someone else will probably master plan that once more. And then you may hire an architect who will then do another master planning effort. And then you start the process of this is real. So yeah, it is, it's definitely um, an opportunity to be able to, uh, to, to address that um, along the way. But the the good part is uh, with that time and you start to kind of explore what uh, opportunities are for contractual models, what opportunities are for uh, management, then you're able to, I think more efficiently set up how you want to govern the project, run the project when it comes time to select the team. And I want also for people that don't know, if you've never had the chance to be part of a target value design or delivery, like Steven is perfectly described it. I mean, you should, you should be thinking like right now, like, why are we not doing this thing? Here's, here's the one crazy thing that he kind of just jumped over when he went up to Akron. And that's that the client is going to come tell you and say, like, even though we all know I've got this much money, let's say I'm at this level of, of cash for this job, we're going to pretend like I don't have this much and we're going to lower that and we're going to target some percentage less, which just magically is always like 20% less because it, cre- it creates a good challenge <laughs> we, condition. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's 20% yeah, less. 20, 20%. It's always, hey, yeah, it's like, like I, I, you give it to me, let's go for 20% less. And hey, if yeah. you get to 18, we still we still try for 20. And that was the good yeah, benchmark. We, we still won. <laughs> and so, but what people don't realize that it's by design. There's been a lot of research done as to why you want to set that target below the allowable cost that the client is willing to pay for it creates innovation it creates this necessity it makes a natural gap where people are like man we thought it was this much and we were ready for this and now we have to figure out how to do with less you have to innovate in order to close that gap and still provide that same functionality so that's why it's done like that on purpose it's more challenging up front but what ends up happening is that you end up getting hopefully you have some shared savings so if you do right. come down, everybody wins because we spent less right. money and we still deliver the same function or even better function. Right, Stephen? Right. And the magic sauce, I think, in some of that is there's ways to do it inside the 20%. There's times you can put it beyond into the target cost, right? So right. The, the, that shared savings mechanism. I think the other thing that is is key is you also try to make sure that profits are managed to where that innovation isn't a detriment 
to your fee structure. So like, it's pretty nice to be able to set this up, understand what everyone's going to make pretty on, on par to start, uh, what the incentives will be. And then everybody just go and try to deliver the best, most efficient and cost efficient in certain ways project for an owner without the worry that if I drive 20% out of this project, I'm not going to make the same amount of money that I take home. And you, your upside is dramatically increased by the process that sets up. And everybody who's listening that's not had this experience, because it's the vast majority, Stephen, as we know, don't have this opportunity. They've, they've just been in traditional. Traditional is predominant. Uh, last numbers I checked with my buddy who's, been, who's done $2 billion of IPD work, integrated project delivery, he estimates that it's still less than 5% of all construction in the United States. And so that means that, you know, nine out of 10 jobs is going to be traditional or more than nine out of 10 is going to be a traditional delivery. So people don't even know, but the people that do have these experiences like Steven, you take it forward with you. Like you've gone, I'm sure you left Akron. You went to the very next job and you you said it, you're like, I'm going to, what am I going to bring with me so we can make this better? Didn't even have to look at the contract, right? Right. 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 And, and the, yeah. And, and the, the fun part is, is anytime you got a chance to, position the contract and set things up you know i worked on a project uh recently in in omaha nebraska the children's hospital in omaha it was tr a true ipd project and it's just it, getting back into those situations and understanding how efficient that is when you work on more projects that aren't so as an, a regional person i don't always get the chance to work on every project that is but i, I loved going to omaha nebraska just seeing a team work in a, in a collaborative space and use a lot of the same tools that we did in Akron uh, and have a contract that sets up to allow them to always be looking for the better solution and not really worrying uh, about certain things that you do in a more traditional setting um, uh, because you had things set up from the contractual onset and the team behavior. I love that. It's, uh, and just to put like bring an analogy to it. So I want everyone to imagine the most beautiful apple pie that you love. You know, we're approaching Thanksgiving, Stephen. Let's imagine either a pecan pie or a pumpkin pie, your choice. So you've got that pecan, that, that you can see what I'm leaning towards, pecan. I spent a lot of summers in Texas, so pecans were plentiful. <laughs> yeah, they, were, they were plentiful there. But so imagine this pie. And so everyone thinks that in order to do this project, we're only going to have a sliver or a slice of that pie for profitability. But when you go into target value design and delivery, you actually increase the pie. The pie is bigger than you could even imagine. Like yeah. you're going to think you know what it is. And as people work together collaboratively, you start looking out for each other. You end up walking away with margins that are sometimes two and five times greater than traditional design bid build work or even design build work. So people, right. you're going to make more money. You're going to have way more fun doing it. You're probably going to do scrum because this is yep. the way. <laughs> it's yep. going to be awesome. Well, I, well, well, well the, 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 the funny thing you say, like, so if you have all the opportunity there, there is a, a, a key performance indicator or a, a success metric structure that goes along with it. But because of that, you need to look at tools like scrum. You have to find things to say, if I need to be measured and I need to, create a key performance outcome, you have to look for tools that will help you prove that out or manage to that, that, that indicator, because the indicator 
is what will drive the bigger pie. And so, you know, if, if it has to do with quality and it has to do with um, um, coordination, things like that, like there, there's a lot of things like scrum or uh, pool planning that helps you manage certain areas of that delivery to where your key performance indicator, you know where you're at all the time because you have something a process in place that helps you check to say we're on track. Right. Super reliable process. So I think that's really critical. And I want to go back to that job where you said you come back to Texas and you're, you're getting involved, immersed in the project and you notice that they're doing scrum. You're getting exposed to scrum the first time who, who brought scrum to that project team? Well, it was, it was interesting. I don't know if it was you (laughs) or if it was, (laughs) if, or if it was just, uh, you know, I got a, I, I, I got one of the books from, um, I think it was Matt Burnett was one of the, the senior project managers. And he I, either he gave me the book or I got the book and I started kind of looking at it. And around the same time, I'll say this, this is my, my, my Felipe introduction and plug. Uh, LCI out in Anaheim uh, was one of the, the, the many times that you have talked about Scrum. But I was in, <laughs> I was in the audience, packed house. Yeah. Packed Standing house, room only. Yeah. Uh, Standing room only, yeah. Before COVID, and, we could uh, actually stand know. shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 was was kind of you know immersed in the fact like okay like and I think I met some of the LCI uh, community practice leaders in Dallas around that same um, part of the of the of the conference. But it was just interesting because yeah, it came from from the construction side, and it was something that that uh, they were doing for their office staff. You know, it was a small office staff for the project up in, in Plano. Um, and we happened to office with them. So I could just be kind of a fly on the wall and what was happening. It was a team of two uh, for me and, and the Shruti, who was the PM that I worked with. Uh, so we couldn't do Scrum as well as I wanted to at that point. Um, but as I started down a path of looking at, you know, when I can sit in a team and I'm, I'm managing with the team, and, and this has actually been the the hardest part as an owner's rep is that you like I'm immersed in the idea. Let's do let's do anything that helps us Commu- continuous improvement. If there's a way that we can do something better, let's try to do it. But if you try to do something and it doesn't work for you or you're not committed to it, then I'm not going to drive you to it because I'm not I'm not in it the same way you are. And so that that's been the interesting part about Scrum for me as I get into larger teams is I can start to introduce the concept. You know, I don't know if you did this by design, but, you know, we were using Trello boards, you know, with teams and planner, there's, there's other ways to do similar scrum boards and it's easy to do virtually. So, you know, I, I'm in the swing of perfect world and it's not a Microsoft plug. So if you need to cancel it, it's, uh, no. but teams, <laughs> other places where you can have a, you can have a hub of, of, of information that you land on, uh, whether it be an owner's rep team, whether it be, you know, a, a project team, you know, having the ability to use something like a Microsoft planner or a Trello or something in there and create the scum board virtually. It's been pretty cool to watch in in um, the world of COVID because you can really manage your daily work plans and you can manage your weekly work uh, plans in that virtual environment on a platform like Teams um, that I, I just... I hope that we keep in every way possible um, parts of that going forward where people are really looking to say, this is our own little colo spot virtually, 
where information will reside and live. And you have tools that make it pretty easy to implement um, Scrum procedure on your project uh, if you just kind of uh, can set that up with anybody on the team that's willing to maintain and keep it constant. And, and you have to, I mean, that's the thing I think is true about all the tools, but specifically Scrum or, or pool planning, is you have to be committed, you have to stay strong in it, and you have to hold each other accountable um, in, in the fact that it's, it is, it's good for you. It's, it's, it's the way that we can do things and have more predictable outcomes and really validate that we're on task. Amazing that, uh, that that happened. And I'm happily will just say thank you to, if it was me, you're welcome. If it was somebody gonna, else, hey. you're welcome. Definitely. We had a great time in Anaheim. I'm always amazed at how many people that I meet like today that uh, their first time meeting me was that room in Anaheim. I'm starting to, I started to wonder like, what's, what kind of magical room was that? Like, how? <laughs> well, you know, it's a Disneyland was Disneyland was really close, so it was just you know the, the magic was around us. Yeah, exactly. We had poster notes <laughs> flying off the stage. It was incredible. <laughs> but uh, for those listening, like these these tools that Stephen's mentioning, Trello since its inception. That team has used Scrum to develop that product and that solution. And even the parent company that recently acquired them a few years ago, Atlassian, also uses Scrum in their solution. And Microsoft, a lot of people don't know this, Stephen, but Microsoft has been using Scrum for almost two decades now. And so not always since day one and not every single team they have, but in significant numbers. I've got some friends that work over there. And so I'm always happy to hear that it's spreading and it's spreading because it solves a problem because projects are freaking complex. And like you said, you know, with two people, it's not as cool when you get to three or more, it becomes magical. There's a big difference between a two person team and a four person team. And then you go up to like a 10 person team. You need to start splitting teams up into, into smaller sub teams. And then you're, we're talking about scrum and scrum, but that's a whole nother episode outside of what we're going to talk about, but we could definitely, definitely go there. I think that uh, in order for that collaboration to happen where people can hold each other accountable, like you said, you know, one of the values that really, that I think about in Scrum for that is courage because you have to do something different. Like when I brought that to, to LCI in that way, it was not like everyone in that I knew at the time was like making my phone ring off the hook to get this stuff. They were like, what is that software stuff? It's just what people mostly think. Like, it's just software. I was even talking to somebody in Brazil, and they were saying, like, we're trying to show people that it works in engineering, too. And uh, thank you for all the stuff you say about it, because it helps people to see that it actually does. Yeah, it actually does work. And surprise, it wasn't started in software. It got started in hardware manufacturing, and then it went into finance, and then software, and then information technology. Those those industries have really picked it up in a big way, but we're seeing it now in, in retail, we're seeing it in product design. Uh, it's, it's getting even bigger in automobile manufacturing. I've got uh, friends at Toyota and BMW that have confirmed, and I've seen scrum boards to prove it, Stephen, with my own eyes. I've touched, <laughs> I've touched scrum boards at BMW and I've seen and heard things from Toyota because they're, both of those organizations are very smart about right. not letting pictures come out about what they're doing. Yeah, the, uh, the Toyota way is Scrum now, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Jeff, Jeffrey Liker's new version, second edition. Yeah. 
<laughs> he talks yeah. about some different uh, features where, in my mind, it's all Scrum. Yeah, it's all Scrum. <laughs> I'm going yeah, well, to have to talk to Jeff about that. Well, and I think if I'm not mistaken, you're like, you're the scrums are within uh, construction. You you are now the guy. But no, it's, it's you're right. I mean, it's just crazy how far it expands uh, from a process and, and, and a, a mechanism that can work well across all those different platforms. Like it right. is, it is pretty impressive. There's another big technology company. I can't say their name, um, but they have a construction group and they build, you know, billions of dollars of facilities across the world. And their construction group is now connected to me and we're looking at how can we bring Scrum into their construction. And so it's growing because it always solves a need, a problem. Yeah. And Jeff always says, when I say Jeff, talk about Mr. Jeff Sutherland, my mentor, my hero, yeah. who I can't do enough for. Jeff, thank you so much again. Every chance I get to thank Jeff, he knows. I appreciate him. Uh, shameless plug, Stephen. Jeff even wrote the forward to my book, as you know. Boom. There's the book. There's the book. Congrats on the book. Yeah, thank you, man. It was. Uh, it's not. It's not like a light little read, too. It's. It's got some weight to it. And there's actually there's some stories in here to bring it forward so that if people can see themselves, no matter where they were, oh, this is like my story. I can see a, an entry point in. It doesn't have to start like in grade school. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. You know what side of the supply chain you're right. on. I've had uh, even tradespeople come through and, and pick up Scrum, uh, offsite uh, fabrication facilities, architects, architects and spades. So many architects have really yeah. flocked to it. It's just so like it just hand in glove with what they do and how they iterate on things. So now I just thank you for bringing that up. Super appreciate that. Like any chance to talk about Scrum. Ah, oh, it's amazing. It's like it's your sweet spot. It is. It, it is my favorite subject. <laughs> I always like. Uh, I've got Jason Schroeder even saying everything is scrum. Like there's a whole bunch of videos <laughs> and I hear from people listen to his podcast because he puts a show out every day. Elevate Construction Podcast, people. It's a great show. Go check that out. Uh, and he talks about how even tact is scrum, which I totally agree. <laughs> I, would, I would too. It is, awesome. but I, I want to go back to ask you a couple questions. You know, from a program manager and owner's rep side, being on the owner's side, you have so much influence on how projects run. And I would say even regardless of contract type, what are some of the ways that you encourage your teams to pick up some of these lean methods and values? You know, um, it's been pretty interesting having the chance to work with bigger contractors who kind of already are more um, built into understanding um, lean tools and the processes. But I, I think what's been... Um, the best part is as an owner's rep, you know, we can start to, to influence a little bit when we're able to talk with an owner and kind of explain to them, Hey, I think you need to do target value design or target value delivery. Um, and here's why. And like, you know, if you look at what's happened in the last couple of years, you know, if we're trying to confirm what we design, you can afford, uh, you, you have the influence to say, Hey, I know a way of doing that a lot better than go hire the architect, have them design it, then let me send it out to three subs and they'll bid it. Um, and so that that has been a nice uh, opportunity to, to explain and have the uh, the history on, on other projects where it's worked really well. Um, I, I think that the other uh, area that I hope to, I mean, this is part of why I want to be on your podcast. Yeah. You know, I, I feel, I feel, 
uh, an urge to be as best a mentor as I can and, and have people look to folks like you or myself uh, for a way to say, well, what are you seeing? What, what are things I could do? I, five years from now, what do I need to be proficient in? And being able to say, have you looked at Scrum? Have you looked at Last Planner? Have you thought about getting into an LCI community practice? Have you thought about speaking at LCI? Or have you thought about just, you know, looking at some of the, the um, things like the Ripple Intent Breakfast Club? Areas where there's just, you're getting like people in a room looking um, at similar outcomes from, let's do construction better. Let's do project management better. Um, and you're you're leading them to tools that could exist to make something easier for them, right? Like a scrum board, we talked a lot about that for a second, but it's like, it's true. Like it, it's a simple thing to say, if you want to do something better, try this. Um, and the same thing when it comes to last planner, you know, just invest in, in uh, post-it note, you know, <laughs> hashtag it's trending. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, but you, you'd be surprised, you'd be surprised what you can do um, with the last planner, high level, it, I wouldn't say it's the true LPS, but just high level pull planning uh, to kind of wow people and saying, let's just take this issue and work it back and try to figure out if there's a way to think through this differently and just create the conversation. And so it's as an owner's rep, I think sometimes it's just being able to create a little bit more of that collaboration zone to say, I want to hear from you and there's no wrong answer. Um, but we got to figure out a solution so that we can go back and all um, commit to a client that we can we can commit to uh, a solution, commit to a, a, a decision. We're we're all aligned, and um, I think the tool that I and this is the lean tool that I, I guess I'm more uh, near and dear to my heart that I don't use as much uh, as I used to, and I, I feel like that's what I need to continue. I'm, I'm recovering a three aholic. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 there's there's a point in time where the, you know it, it it's it's informing people of the tools that exist. Luckily, a lot of the firms we're bringing on board, even sometimes in the RFPs, are saying, you know, explain to us your 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 lean or or uh, really a lot of times it's going to use the word lean, but lean lean principles and lean tools within your organization. And so you are on a large hospital, kind of not using that as a gauge, but you're kind of expecting most of the architects, most of the contractors to know that you want to have a collaborative um, process led design and construction project that needs to have levels of tools and, and information that we can all start to build off of. Uh, and it's just funny how quickly if you set that up right and you have like uh, the right setup from the owner's representation, you start to do, okay, we're going to do a pull plan on when design's going to be done. We're going to go and we're going to house all of our information in the same place. And we're going to transparently share that. We're going to, you know, transparency, look at uh, the overall project budgets and try to work through solutions where there's give and take. It's just, it, it's, that's, that's the nicety of uh, the owner's rep side that I think we can all strive to do the best we can with. And I know folks like James Peace and other, if we get everybody in the boat together and we all are trying to row it the same way, it just is a much more controllable outcome and enjoyable experience. That is exactly why everybody needs to pick this stuff up and keep learning. Look, listen to how much fun Steven's having just describing his addiction to A3 problem solving. <laughs> I mean, so everybody's just be like, oh, how do I, 
how do, where do I even learn that? Where do I get started? Well, luckily for you, you're listening to this show and we've already got some free blogs that have this information with templates to get you started. So go to the ebfcshow.com and click on blog and just search for A3 and you will find templates to get you started. So if you don't even know what we're talking about, it's it's all there with examples. So you could you could get and have as be, much fun as Steven's having. Yeah, you can also be a recovering or actually an, a newly uh, A3-aholic because it, it is it is enticing. It is enticing. I use the A3 process to relocate and buy a house. And uh, <laughs> and I and it, my A3 included a CBA, choosing by advantages. Are you shocked? I trust No. Well, no, trust me. I was just thinking as I look around my office when I uh, talked to some other people, they had 5S their... Uh, their kitchen or 5s their office i'm like that's the one i did not i was i was an a3 guy 5s <laughs> i'm sorry everything is not easy i, I do not make toast efficiently <laughs> <laughs> i just don't make toast that's how i just get away from that one i just don't make it yeah we even so like uh, we even did the uh in the choosing by advantages for the houses we looked at my wife house unseen picked the house we live in right now uh through the choosing by advantage yep. it had more advantages and it so was, therefore like that's the one and it was a runaway and I, winner and uh wow and she was she was confident enough in the decision that we could make the deal sign on the dotted line and then we moved in in less than 35 days oh. yeah it was really fast and it wasn't so like the, the, the yeah we didn't have a deadline it was just because everything just clicked into place we were i was using scrum uh, with the realtor, un- unknown to them. <laughs> <laughs> Scrum Jedi you. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun. Like my wife and son got to to weigh in and, you know, share all their opinions and what factors yeah. and criteria were super important to them on on the house. And then, you know, everything just. Well, you know, the funniest part of your saying that, like you choosing by advantages is one that you could take that like what what should I eat tonight? What's going to no. give me the best advantage of like satisfaction? <laughs> That's but, true. but you can take it, you can take it and, and uh, it, it is a much better selection process than the traditional pros and cons. Yeah. Pros and cons is so outdated people. We've got to stop. Every time I hear pros and cons, I think back to Jim Sir's book that brainwashed me, right? <laughs> it's like nails on a chalkboard. I don't correct people though, Stephen. Like if they say pros and cons, I just roll with it and I say, you know, you can also look at that another way. You can look at all of your alternatives and decide what is the advantage in one over the other. And they just look at right. me like it sounds so logical. It is. It is. Yeah. It totally is. No, that's a that's a lot. That's a lot. That is a lot. This is. Uh, I'm up. I'm still up. I'm going to be like just a floating through the world for the rest of the weekend, Stephen. You've charged me up with so much on a scrum, your last planner, your A3 addiction, which I love. And we share in common that we don't 5S. Just below camera line, there might be a stack of books that need to get put away. That it's not, uh, I'm a little ashamed that there's a bag right there that's in the wrong place. (laughs) I'm going to have to get that. I might have even tripped over it three times. So it might be a sign to move that. (laughs) <laughs> that's great yeah that's, totally it's been fun yeah no it's been a lot of fun I, i've really loved having you come on the show i'm gonna have to have you come back on again because there's still so many more things to unpack 
And I think I want to hear more about this pool plan that you did in Florida for sure. As you're spreading this across, you're like, uh, we're going to have to say Stephen Powell, the Pied Piper of Lean for Owners. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm quite the Pied Piper, but I, I, I'm trying and I, I, I appreciate shows like this. Um, other things that have been, or other people that have been on your show, other people's blogs. I mean, it, there's such a community now that we can all get into and really learn from that uh, it's just exciting. So this is awesome. Felipe, it's been great coming on the show. It, it's exciting that you make content um, with all arrays of our industry, We're trying to make things easier and better for construction, which is key to what I want us all to try to do. Um, and so, yeah, I, I hope that over time when I have some different experiences coming out of in my new role, uh, we'll, we'll be able to talk again and uh, hopefully in the, the world of content, you, you're developing something that uh, we as mentors can go about saying, if you haven't had a chance, go check out Felipe's podcast, go read Joe and Keon's book. There's, there's great people that are doing some great things in the lean uh, world. Um, and you just have a lot at your fingertips. So thanks for letting me come on your show and talk a little bit about the owner's side of things and just have a nice little chat with you um, about what I've been able to, to see and do and show some of my excitement that hopefully carries forward to other people to get excited about what you're talking about. Scrum and lean. Thank you so much, Steven. It has been a pleasure. Heart, this hearts for you, buddy. <laughs> I got, I'm going to, I'm going to move my post-it note over to done as soon as we, uh, we end the show, but it's just going to go right. I'm going to make another one in backlog. Get Steven back on the show and definitely hang out with you in person every chance I get. In real life, man. Well, you know, it is funny, though. I mean, like, that is the point. Make it relatable and you'll be surprised how many people get on board. And so that's the, that's the best part about Scrum. And that's the best part about some of the lean things. I remember doing a Mr. Potato Head and it becomes relatable <laughs> about how quickly you can put one together. Um, but yeah, it, 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 hey, this is a lot of fun. I'm glad you had me on. Yeah. No, glad, I'm glad you were on, too. And you definitely, you're coming back on again. We'll do it. We'll, right. we'll build some time up and uh, hopefully I can come back and we can hit on a few of the other things that I did not get a chance probably to talk to. With you. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know, some some guests, Stephen, have way more than what can be contained in this time box called the show. And you're one of those guests. So hey, I, I appreciate you. Very special thanks to my guest. I'm Felipe Engineer Manriquez. The EBFC show is created by Felipe and produced by a passion to build easier and better. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, everybody. Let's go build.